Welcome to Church at Home, Church Online. And uh, I know that today here in South Mississippi, uh, the weather is absolutely abysmal, right? It's just terrible. I think it's one of those days where you could take like a, a, a cup and just kind of like put it in the air. And by the time you get done, you've got, uh, you know what I'm saying? You've got a cup of water, right? Super humid, super nice. So, uh, so if you're somewhere else in the country that's got some sunshine, congratulations, congratulations. But, uh, but come on, today we are gonna be, uh, we're gonna be continuing kind of like our series, Church at Home. And, uh, and each week we're sort of just taking a different look, at, a different perspective at what's going on in our world, in our culture. And so uh, today we're gonna be talking about some things I think is, is really pertinent to where you're at in your life. Like literally today, you're going to be able to apply exactly what's going on, uh, uh, exactly what we talk about to exactly what's going on in your home, in your family, on your social media, whatever the case is, today is completely applicable. So, but before we get there, I wanted to actually bring some attention to a couple things. Uh, number one, I heard that we've got some staff at Memorial Hospital uh, actually watching right now. So we want to give a shout out to you guys. We appreciate y'all so much what you're doing. And uh, come on, yeah, if we, if we had a bunch of people in the, in the room, we'd all clap really loud but for right now it's we got like you know like just a couple it's like sporadic claps sporadic claps but uh but seriously we're, we're just so appreciative of what you do you're on the front lines and uh, we do not take that lightly as people who you know for most of us are kind of chilling out the house a whole lot right now we know that you are you're on the forefront so thank you we're excited that you're watching today uh with that i want to bring attention to a few things that we were able to do this week as a church you know we've said it a few times that Sort of what's going on in this time is, as the church, man, we want to get out there and we want to make a difference. We want to help. But it's a little bit difficult to do that in this time, uh, given the fact that we're, we're kind of told not to, <laughs> right? And so with that, we've been, you know, looking at creative ways that we could really make a difference here in South Mississippi. Um, and so we've been doing something each week. And so I wanted to bring to you this week what we were able to do. The first thing is that we partnered with Rouse's local grocery store to provide 150 jambalaya meals, depending where you're at. You might, you might say jambalaya. It's completely wrong. You shouldn't say that. But 150 jambalaya meals to Merit Health in Biloxi. And so that was an incredible opportunity that we got to do partnering with Rouse's and, and uh, really, really awesome. By the way, by the way, side note, I'll give a shout out to Ken Hurlbert. Uh, he's a man at our, our Long Beach location. He, uh, he organized a food drive at Rouse's that collected more than $500 for the Lord is my help in Ocean Springs. So just a shameless plug there for, uh, for Ken and uh, what Rouse's is doing. Uh, super appreciative of that. Also, we purchased and delivered more than $200 worth of food for our daily bread food pantry in Wiggins. Uh, we, we, uh, we support different food pantries here in South Mississippi. And so this week we were able to support our daily bread. We also partnered with... Uh, the Wiggins Police Department to provide barbecue chicken dinners to more than 400 residents in Stone County yesterday. And it's just an incredible opportunity there to, uh, to, to feed people in need. Um, I mean, I tell you, it's just really been an incredible opportunity to, to see, or I guess, you know, the creativity to see how can we help in this time. And, um, you know, one thing that we really believe is this, that we've all been blessed, right? We're, we're blessed, but we're blessed to be a blessing to others. That was God's whole intention with the Israelites is to be a blessing to them so that they would bless others. And so we wanna have that mentality in, uh, in how we sort of walk through this season. You know, I, I posted something on social media this past week and it was kind of talking about um, this whole, you know, our stimulus checks that we're all getting. Um, and for a lot of people, they're in a, they're in a spot where they don't, they don't really need, 
right? You don't really need that money. And so if, I know for a lot of people, they're like, man, I've been wanting to get that whatever, you know, that TV, that four-wheeler, I, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, been looking forward to it. And now I got this extra cash. I'm going to go ahead and do that thing, right? And uh, I just kind of propose the question out there of maybe, maybe a better question than what am I going to spend it on is who am I going to spend it on? You know, I think that there's a lot of people, I know in Mississippi, last time I saw unemployment was up like 14,000%, I believe it said. It might even be up further than that. I know that there's a lot of people all around us who are in great need. I want to encourage you to just ask that question to God. Pray, say, God, who is it that you would have me bless and, uh, and help out in this season? And, uh, and, and, you know, hey, I think that's a good perspective to have, right? But, uh, but also with that, you know, as a church, um, I want to let you know that, man, I, I want to thank you for being faithful in your giving here at Northwood Church. Uh, if you're a member here, to be faithful to that. You know, uh, we don't look at giving, uh, you know, as, as something we have to do. It's something that we get to do. And it's something that honestly is innately inside of the, the, the heart of a believer, like it's, it's core, a core thing for us is to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to serve like he served, to give like he gave. And so I wanna thank you for continuing to be faithful to give. If you'd like to give today, you can in two different ways. You can either mail, uh, mail it in at 14281 O'Neill Road here in Gulfport, or you can give online at northwood.church slash giving. So, so with that, we're gonna kind of kick into gear here with this message. I, I wanna share... Um, today, something again, I think that it's, it's very pertinent to where we're all at in our lives. And today is really sort of like a conversation. That's, that's really what this is going to be. And actually, if the title of the message, if I had to put a title on it, is just this. We got to talk. We got to talk. We got to have a conversation about what's going on. I think that the reality of the situation that we're in is setting in for a lot of people. See, we have some people that are early, like they, they adapt early. And then we got some people that it takes a couple of weeks. And then we got a few people that it takes like, like a month, two months before they realize the significance of, of something that they're walking through. And I believe for a lot of people, they, they maybe, maybe thought this was going to be like a two-week thing. We'll get back to normal life. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's starting to kind of sink in. Like, no, there's some aspects of this that are going to linger for a long time. I mean, y'all, you know, all your vacation plans, right? Y'all are doing the same thing I'm doing. You're looking at your calendar and you're like, okay, when's this thing going to end? Am I still, do I need to cancel the flights? Do I need to, look, me and, me and my wife, Nadine, we've got these incredible uh, anniversary trips set for July. Like we're super excited about it, right? Also, I mean, it's crazy. This usually doesn't happen for me. I hardly, I don't think I've traveled out the country in the last 20 years, uh, you know, and, and then all of a sudden the, the one year that we're going to do special stuff, right? Like everything shuts down. So, uh, so anyway, I was going to go to Israel. Super excited about that. Got this anniversary trip planned. It's just like, are you kidding me? And, uh, and then COVID shows up, you know? COVID, that's going to be the name, like kind of how in South Mississippi, we always refer to Katrina. You know, Katrina came to visit. It's going to be COVID came to visit. But, uh, but anyway, and, and so vacation plans are all thrown off. Sports are non-existent right now. Like, I think I just saw that the PGA, they're going to have another tournament, maybe like in June or July. So therefore that, you know, like a shot in the arm there. It's pretty exciting. But, uh, but sports are all thrown off, you know, church and school, everything's online right? Everything's online. Now, I will say this about church online. There's a lot of aspects I love about church online. Our small groups have been killing it. Shout out to all of our small group leaders and people that are in small groups. Y'all have been killing it. Um, honestly, it's, it's, 
it's almost, there's certain aspects about it that are actually maybe more enjoyable than, <laughs> I mean, come on, if you're leading a small group, all you have to make sure is that the shot, you know, whatever's behind you is clean. You don't have to worry about the rest of the house. Am I right? Come on. Like that, that's a positive right there. But um, there's a lot of good things, but it's still, it's, it's out of, it's, it's not normal, right? Now, for some people, your jobs are lost. Maybe you got family or friends, their, their jobs are lost. And obviously there's a whole lot of people that are sick. A whole lot of people that are, that are uh, you know, they're sick or they're, they're in fear of being sick or becoming sick or a friend or a family member becoming sick. And everything's just thrown off. And this is our reality right now. This is kind of where things are at. And so what it, what it does is it sort of pulls up a lot of questions. It pulls up a lot of frustration. I see a lot of different people on Facebook and, and I talk to a lot of different people and, and I see just different, different responses. I see some people get very frustrated, right? Get very vocal. See, a lot of people get scared. I see some people completely just isolate themselves and just, you know, like, like put themselves in a corner basically and say, you know what? I'm just going to block it all out and watch Netflix nonstop. You know, everybody's got a different response. But um, in that, we all have a, a response. And what it does as well is it brings up some issues between people. And that's why we got to talk today. We got to talk about a few things. Today, our, kind of our key text is going to be out of James 1. It says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, the righteousness of God is our standard for living, right? It's not what I think. It's not what you think. It's not what culture says. What is righteous is determined by who God is, not who we are or what we think. And so he is the standard, the way his character, who he is, that is the standard for righteousness. Now, here's the deal. We know that as human beings, we will always fall short of that standard, right? And that's the beauty of the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to reconcile us to God based upon how he lived, not how we live. And so we can trust, put our faith in his sacrifice that, 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 was, the, uh, that was the payment for the penalty of sin. And so that's the good news. And so whenever we say it produces the righteousness of God, our anger, our initial response to things, especially whenever we're not slow to listen, right? Slow to speak typically it's, it's, we're quick to anger, we're quick to respond, and it doesn't produce good results. And so we gotta talk today. We gotta talk about a few things. The first thing we gotta, we gotta talk about is, uh, we gotta talk about criticism, all right? So, so what's going on right now is there is just a ton, a ton of criticism out there. Now, that's nothing new. It's nothing new. Um, I actually, I, I've sort of been intrigued by criticism over the, you know, over the years, uh, partly in my own life personally, because we all have a, a default, right? We all have a default in our thinking. And, and some people, they're more critical. They see what's, what's wrong in a situation or what can be better in a situation. And other people, they, they just see what's good, right? And, and the thing is, is that there are actually negatives in both of those, but there's also positives. But in our culture, criticism typically is speaking about like, like, you know, negative criticism, tearing someone down. And I think social media has just made it out. It's, it's just, it's out of control. It's out of control. There's been some interesting things I've seen over the years when it comes to criticism. 
One was uh, LeBron James. So LeBron James, he, 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 he's, uh, he comes out of high school. He's in the NBA. He's playing Cleveland where he's like, he was from that area. And so he's playing basketball. Everybody loves him. And then he decides that he actually wants to win some championships. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right. And uh, then he rolls out and he goes to Miami, he hooks up with some other guys. And like, they're just incredible athletes. And, and everybody knew, what was it? Like not one, not two. Not three. Like, they just, they were like, man, we're just going to win them all. And here's the deal. They won some. In the process, though, he lost a lot of respect from a lot of people who were like, yeah, he's a sellout, all that good stuff. So he received a lot of criticism. I mean, they're burning his jerseys in the street the whole nine yards. After a few years of, of winning, then he says, you know what? I'm going back. And I know it's a business, and, and it's probably just all about the money. But anyway, he goes back to Cleveland. But what was crazy is that he, he received criticism for leaving Cleveland but then he got criticized for going back to Cleveland. Like, it didn't matter what he did at that point. Like, he was going to be criticized, you know? So it's just, it was an example of how I, I just saw in our culture, people are looking for, for reasons to tear people down no matter what they do. And that was just, I mean, that was basketball, you know what I'm saying? But I think, here's the deal. Like, that guy is still a human being. And I think that's what people miss is that on the other side of that business, on the other side of that church, on the other side of that person in the car that pulled out in front of you, like, that's a human being with emotions, with a family. They're living their, their life to the best of their ability. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and criticism is just so easily thrown out there, and it's normalized in our culture. And so, you know, for us, we absorb that. As believers, as Christians, we absorb that. And for most of us, actually, we intake that type of uh, culture more than we do the word of God, more than we do uh, the, the, the standard of righteousness of God. And so we begin to enact and, and play that out. Our fuse is short. The words we use tear people down, don't build them up. And so then we're at a place where, is there really any difference between how we live and how the world is? I really kind of see nowadays, it's, it's really not that much. Truly not that much. We have no filter. We just throw it out there and we criticize. And the thing about criticism is, is that it has two forms. And this is kind of what I was, I was alluding to a while ago is it has two forms. Number one, there's a destructive form. And again, that's our go-to. Whenever we say critical spirit or being critical, we typically think of that destructive form. But you know that there's a positive side. There's a constructive type of criticism. Now, the difference between destructive and constructive criticism is, I believe, the motive behind it. Now, sometimes there's antics and style, and sometimes we don't say it the right way, you know, and so that's kind of a, a, another conversation. But the motive behind it, only you know internally what your motive is behind the criticism that you're offering, and whether it's destructive or constructive. Now, the thing about it is that in a destructive critical environment, none of us can really operate well in. We really can't. But in a constructive criticism, uh, critical environment, that we actually need that. Did you know that you actually need people around you who are honest with you and who will tell you the truth? Now you have a responsibility in that to receive that, that critique, right? Now it, it is kind of difficult. We'll get into it later. Sometimes when people are just straight up coming after you, right? But at the same time, like we've got to be humble enough to receive that criticism. But, but typically, you know, it's a destructive environment. But what we want to do is we want to lean into constructive criticism in this time, in this period. In your family, you're around each other a whole lot more, right? There's no release valves of like, you know, going out and entertainment and blah, 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 blah. You're kind of together a whole lot more. You're going to have an ample amount of opportunity to criticize one another. 
right? And so we wanna be honest, but at the same time, we don't wanna be destructive. Proverbs 27, six says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Basically, a sincere friend's wounds are helpful where an enemy's flattery is harmful. You know, think about some of the friends maybe that you've had in the past or maybe you have right now. You got those friends who like, they only ever tell you the positive, right? And, and at some point, you almost have to ask the question of like, are they actually being honest with me? Like, are they being truthful with me? Because they only ever have, you know, just completely positive things to say. And, and, and so sometimes even just complete flattery all the time is not very helpful. There's this balance. But the Bible says that a friend that's close to you, if they wound you, if they critique you, give you criticism, like receive that because those are to help you. But a person who, they may be an enemy, but they just, they never critique you negatively. Like you should be aware of that. You should be aware of the person who's trying to destructively criticize you, but you, you should also be aware of the person who always tells you exactly what you want to hear. We've got to have a balance. And in this time, when it comes to uh, criticism, um, there's a lot of opportunities for it, y'all. Listen, the president, the governor, the mayors, the, the whoever, like there are opportunities for criticism everywhere. And now I'm not a person that says we shouldn't have our own opinions. We shouldn't have our own stances on things. I have a lot of opinions, but how we verbalize them is so important. And as Christians, all right, as Christians, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, the way that you respond has to line up with what we call the fruit of the spirit. If you cannot offer criticism and also exhibit the fruit of the spirit, you need to wait. You need to hit pause, back away. Because if you can't do it in love with peace and joy and gentleness and, and being faithful and, 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 you know, with goodness and kindness and self-control, if you know that you're just flying off the handle and responding, you at that point, you're not exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. It's a work of the flesh. It's sin. And so let's just call it what it is, right? That was a sinful response. You know, my blood was boiling. I hauled off and I said that. And I was truly trying to break that person down. Hey, you know what? There's forgiveness. You can apologize and you can move on. And so we'll kind of get into that in a few minutes here because uh, obviously if you're in an, in, in an environment of uh, criticism, right? There's a critical spirit. It's gonna, it's gonna create the second thing we gotta talk about. It's gonna create a lot of conflict. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You're like, conflict, that sounds like my house like literally for the last three weeks. Just everything becomes something, you know? Of course, not at my house. I'm not, I'm saying it's your house, not my house. My house, we pray every, we pray all the time together. We read the word and right, that's what we do all the time, right? Everyone else in here, we all, that's what we do. We just, there's always worship music playing in the background. It's always peaceful. Uh, no, no, it's not always that way. There's conflict. So like, here's, here's how I look at it. If you have one person by themselves, things are good. In the moment that you add one other person to that situation, boom, you got conflict. You know what I'm saying? It's just, the, it's just life. It's the way it is. And, and especially as you put two different opinions together, you've got conflict. And so we've got to know how to walk through these times with conflict. Now, here's something I want you to know is that you can't avoid conflict, but you can resolve it. If you think that you're gonna walk through the next few months, if you think that you're gonna walk through the next rest of your life without conflict, you're just gonna avoid it at all costs, you're inaccurate, you're wrong, and actually it's gonna end up worse than if you would actually just 
resolve conflict. Sometimes you need to embrace that criticism. Sometimes you need to embrace that conflict and then work to resolve it, right? Here's some ways to resolve conflict. I wanna walk through these with you. Number one, resolve it quickly, (laughs) okay? Quickly. Now, timing is everything. And so for some of you, if you're like me, it's we're gonna do it right now. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna flesh it out right now. I don't wanna wait, bam. Well, that doesn't always work out well in my family, okay? My wife, she's more of a processor, needs some time. I'm like, let's sit down at the dining room table. If it takes four hours, that's fine. Let's just put some more coffee on. Let's get this thing worked out. That's not always the best thing. However, you can wait too long. You can wait too long to to resolve conflict. And the thing about it is that that situation doesn't just go away magically. Typically, it stacks on something else, stacks on something else, and eventually you're at a spot where you're not talking about what just happened that day or even last week. You're talking about what happened a month ago, and now it's compounded to the situation that uh, it's a much bigger situation than it it would have been if you would have, you know, got on top of it quickly. So so quickly. The next thing is is face-to-face. Now, look, sometimes, you know what, sending that text to break the ice, you know, sending that, 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 you know, having a FaceTime call, those things are good. But I tell you this, sometimes it's good, just a good old fashioned, get in the same room together, sit down and just hash it out, you know, after you've been able to kind of calm down. For some of you, you're at the house this week with the kids, with the spouse. And you know what, from time to time, when things get crazy, you just need to say, hey, guys, I need I need a second. Go outside, <laughs> like just go walk into the middle of the field and just look up and scream to the sky, right? And then go back and, and like give it some space. But eventually, I think face-to-face is, is, is pretty important, especially in the things that really matter. Spouses, I mean, this is a time, y'all, like, like divorce rates have, have skyrocketed in other places that have actually had this kind of scenario where everybody's at home a lot and, uh, and, and it's exposing weaknesses in marriages. And so just go into this season, you're already in it, but, but, but go into the season with, with your eyes wide open about this face-to-face. The next thing is one-on-one, not with groups. Um, typically, I have not worked out uh, conflict with what the, when I have conflict with one person with a big old group of people, <laughs> like usually that's not the best case scenario. You know what I'm saying? If you offend somebody on Facebook, like um, like hey, my, it might be good to apologize there, but you might want to go to that old the old messenger, right? Get off get off by yourself because there's something about whenever we are trying to work something out and we've got people watching us, it's almost it almost becomes like this contest of who can prove that they're right or you know or prove that the other person's wrong, and and it kind of has this negative vibe to it. And so for some of you, it's like man, focus on that one on one. By the way, don't contact 10 other people about the situation. Like, like you know what I'm saying? That's called gossip. <laughs> That's called gossip. You know, you had something and you're not reaching out for help, right? Which is what we're going to say here in a second. But you're not reaching out for help or something like that. You're just like straight up trying to almost raise up an army to support you. And you got to be careful with that because that's sinful, right? So, so quickly, face-to-face, one-on-one. The last thing is this. You got to get some help. Some of y'all are in con- con- uh, situations with, with high amounts of conflict. And you know what? You actually can't work it out yourself. You need a mediator. You need a counselor. You need a friend, a parent. You need somebody in your life to help you mediate the situation. That's what you need. You know, um, me and Nadine, we got a great marriage. We love each other, but we're human beings. And man, we got some conflict at times. And, you know, a few years ago, we, we, we hit a, we hit a, a wall. 
And uh, I called some people that I was very close to and said, y'all gotta come over to the house right now. We need help. We need help now. And uh, of course, Nadine wasn't all about it and I probably should have waited a little bit. However, okay, we both, we, we learn, we live and learn, right? But they came over and guess what? Within about two hours, okay, it took some time. Man, we, made, we, we, we took some ground. And I just really wanna encourage some of you when it comes to conflict this week, you know, don't, don't wait too long. Do it face to face. Don't get everybody else involved if you don't have to. But if you need to, go to the right person and get proper help. I got a question for you right here online. You're watching, and it's this. Which of the four ways above do you need to incorporate more when dealing with conflict? Which one of those things that you just heard, you're like, you know, I'm really good at that, but that right there, I always, man, it's, I glitch out right there. It's like, ah, why didn't I do that? Go ahead and put it in the comments. Go ahead and put it in the comments. I think, I think this is good. Let's have a little conversation here. Which one of the four ways above do you need to incorporate more when dealing with conflict? And the other thing is sort of like confession. This is confessional time right there in the comments. Facebook, YouTube, just put it out there, you know. But the next thing when it talks about, when we talk about conflict is this. If we are in a conflicting situation, conflicting relationship, if we have a lot of criticism around us or we're criticizing others, typically it's because of this third thing that we got to talk about. And it's this, we got to talk about communication. We got to talk about communication. Now, there's a whole lot of talking going on nowadays, but there's not a lot of communication. There's a whole lot of words that are flying around. There's a whole lot of opinions, but there's not a lot of communication. Communication, you guys, you guys know this. You've probably heard this before. Communication is about seeking to understand what somebody's thinking or what somebody's trying to say, not trying to get them to understand what you want to say, right? Like, actually, I really want to understand what, where, what direction are you coming from? What perspective do you have? So that way, when I respond, it actually matters, right? That's, that's communication. And so we want to have good, proper communication. Now, criticism and conflict, again, usually arise out of bad communication. And I think innately in all of us, we're really good at bad communication, like, that's what we're actually good at. I'm good at cutting you off. I'm good at not letting you finish your sentence and not letting, letting you finish your thought, assuming exactly where you're headed and just inserting my thought. Like, that's just, that's what we're good at. And it takes a lot of self-control to do what James told us to do. Like, actually be quick to listen, slow to speak, right? Slow to anger, slow to assumption. Sounds like he's telling us to, to be like Jesus, right? Be like Jesus. Engage in conversations like Jesus did. And he was the best at communication. I think one important thing that we need to learn is that we need to learn to use questions, not statements. I think it would be very helpful for, for us to do that. You know, I think it's actually questions are more difficult than statements. It's something I'm personally trying to do better in my life is to ask questions, even, even have people ask me questions, like pull the answer out of me. You know, we need that, but that takes time, it takes effort, and it takes grace, it takes compassion, it takes patience, it takes the fruit of the Spirit to do that. And that's why I think Jesus was so good at it. He was the best at, at giving and receiving criticism. Now here's the obvious point about criticism. Sometimes it's really not needed. Sometimes it's inaccurate. And sometimes the criticism that, that you give with the proper heart is, is misread. 
It's misread. Think about Jesus. He was speaking 100% truth. He went to his family, went to his friends. Some of them rejected him. He went to his own people. They crucified him. Like everywhere he went, he was critiquing the way that they were living, right? He was teaching. He was, he was offering truth and they were rejecting it. But yet he did it perfectly. Sometimes it looked like anger, but it was holy anger. See, everything that, that Jesus did was, was fueled out of the right motives, out of the right heart. And that's why it was successful in the eyes of God, not always in the eyes of man. But Jesus was a great uh, uh, a person who offered criticism. He also was incredible when it came to resolving conflict when possible. And I think those two words that I added on the end are extremely important for you to know is that sometimes when it comes to conflict, there, there's two different sides and you can only do what you can do to resolve that conflict. And at times, it's time to just take the foot off the gas and just pray and be patient. Pray for that person. Let your heart be, be settled, be right. Don't become bitter. But when possible, resolve it. Jesus resolved conflict when possible. But at the end of the day, there were some people who didn't want to hear it. And that's painful. That's hard. You know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people. I like to resolve. Con I don't like loose ends, right? Like, like for me, unresolved conflict, it feels like sort of like one of my shoes is, is untied. And I'm walking around and every step I take, I just feel that shoe. You know, it's just it's wobbly and I don't feel stable. And at times, you know what? You got to walk through life a little bit with, a, with an untied shoe. But as long as you know that before God, that you are doing what is right, that you are responding properly and you're, you're offering to resolve that conflict, I think that you're, you're being Christ-like. Jesus was the best at criticism. He was the best at resolving conflict. And Jesus was the best at communicating. He was the best at communicating his heart to people who would listen. Jesus' heart was pure. His motives were pure. His words were right. They were truth. He did well. And I believe that he should be the standard, right? In this season, guys, listen, there's gonna be a lot of opportunity, even this week, to offer criticism. You're gonna be engaged in conflict. Some of you already are. And at the end of the day, you're gonna have an opportunity to, to properly communicate. And I want, I want you to, to do this. I want you to put the righteousness of God as the standard in those situations. Not your own, not your own opinion. I know that's difficult, right? But not your own opinion, not your own reaction, but like seriously, it's not just a bracelet. Literally, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? What would his take on this be? And I think also we cannot forget that the way that we live our lives is in light of the cross. It's in light of the resurrection. Like at the end of the day, this situation in front of us is not the be all, it's not the end all. There is something greater that overshadows it in a good sense. And it's the fact that we have hope. That, that situation you're in in your life with the conflict, there's hope for restoration. There's always hope for the restoration. Your marriage, maybe you're broken up right now, living in separate homes, whatever the case is. Guys, listen, God can restore every single situation. It doesn't matter what you've said, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what that person said to you, how much conflict, let me tell you something, God can restore it. I believe it 
But the thing that matters for all of us is that first and foremost, we, we realized that the first relationship that needs to be reconciled is between us and God. That relationship right there, it has to be reconciled. That's where, we, that's where this whole thing starts. A lot of the things that I said today are useful, whether you're a believer or not. However, for me, I think that you could do all of that wonderfully, but you'll miss the main point. And the main point is that you need Jesus. You need to put your faith in him. You need to, to put your, your whole trust in who he is. And he is here for you now, right now. I believe it, whether you're in your car, your room, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this, I believe this, that God's grace is sufficient for you in this season. But the thing is this, his grace and his love has been sufficient, has been enough to cover all of your sin, to cover all of your bad choices, to cover it all. That's the beauty of the cross. So right now, wherever you're at, I want you to, to close your eyes, bow your heads and just say, God, would you search my heart? Lord, would you search my heart? God, if I've been overly critical or God, if I've been critical with the wrong heart, the wrong motives, God, I'm asking you to, to restore that, the proper thinking, God. God, I repent. I admit that it was sinful. I admit that it was wrong. God, if, if, if the conflict that I'm in, in my family or with my friends or whoever, God, the places, the moments where, where I overstepped, or maybe I didn't do it in the right pattern. I didn't, I, I waited too long or, or maybe I, I, I went in too quick. Whatever it is, God, maybe, maybe, maybe I blew it up and I went and gossiped and I went around to a bunch of other people. Whatever it is for you right now, just say, God, I repent of that. I repent of that. God, I pray that for all of our situations, all of our relationships, Jesus, that you would restore them. But God, I pray right now for those who are watching online right now who they don't know you. They're far from you. God, I pray that you help them in this moment to understand who you are, to understand the cross, that you would reveal yourself to them. If you're watching online right now and, and you, you say, man, I, I'm far from God, but I wanna make a decision right now to follow him. Just say, God, I surrender my life to you. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the cross. I believe in the power of the cross. And God, right now, I pray that you would restore me as I repent of my sin. I believe that you are the payment for that sin. I receive you right now. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for, for, for being raised to new life for me. I thank you for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, we're not done with this service yet. We've got a couple more things. I wanna speak to each of you in, that are watching right now who, who you say, you know what? With the situations in my life, I've made bad choices. I've said some wrong things. With these three areas, you're like, man, I'm, I'm just so far off. I wanna encourage you this week, like you might need to be the one to take the first step. You might need to send that text. You might need to make that phone call to give, give an opportunity for that relationship to be restored. And I believe that God can restore it. We sang an er, a song earlier. We're gonna sing it here in a second. It's called Waymaker. And I believe in all of our lives right now, we are encountering different things that it seems impossible. For some of you, because we're talking about relationships, you're thinking about that relationship with your mom or your dad, your spouse, whatever it is. And you're, you're thinking, man, it's just too far gone. 
As we sing this song, I want you to, to open up your heart again, to open up that, that relationship again, to open up that possibility again. For many of you that right now in this season, your, your, your job is lost, your business is tanking, and you're like, God, I don't see how we're gonna make it out. I want you to be encouraged in this time that God is with you. For some of you, I know that we, we had some people that commented just earlier, they've got some family members who are, uh, they're, they're on breathing machines and, and they're very, very sick right now and it, it could go either way. I want you to know that God is the way maker. He can heal. He does heal. The beautiful thing that is for, for us as believers, whether in life physically or in death physically, we know that still God has overcome. I wanna encourage you today. I've got a, a pastor friend of mine in, in New Orleans. Uh, there, there was somebody, he was 70 years old. He got COVID-19 and, and he's on a breathing machine for over two weeks. And guess what? He just came off. They're expecting a full recovery. Come on, people were praying for him and believing. I'm, I believe the same thing for whoever your family member is right now. We're gonna pray, we're gonna believe. We truly believe that God can do miracles physically, emotionally, relationally, that He can restore that which seems broken because it is who He is. It, it's who He is. It's what He does. And so right now, come on, turn up the TV. Come on, maybe you wanna stand to your feet again. We're gonna begin to pray. We're gonna begin to press in to and, and ask God to do what we cannot do. Father, we pray right now over every relationship right now that, that is broken. God, where there doesn't seem to be a way of restoration. God, we just believe that you have all power. You have all provision. And God, you can restore what is broken. Jesus, God, I pray right now for those who are sick, our family members, our friends who are sick, some are on breathing machines right now. God, we pray that you would bring life to their lungs. God, that you would begin to clear up the things that are breaking their body down, that you would restore the brokenness. God, we speak healing. We speak life. God, we know that you have the authority. You have the power. And so, God, we, we lean into your power, God. We to your ability to heal every broken body right now. God, in this nation, Father, we speak life, God, that you have bought through your blood, that you have bought through being raised to new life. God, we pray that you would heal our nation, God, that you would heal this world. God, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in the economy. God, we just, our hope is in you. But Father, we pray for restoration. God, we pray for stability. God, in all of our lives, God, because you have made a way where there was no way. And God, right now, even though we can't see it, we know that you're moving. So come on, right now, just begin to pray in your own words over that situation. Come on, just begin to pray as we begin to sing. Right now, 
I want to pray over some, some, some situations that are going on right now. Father, we're praying right now for those who are, who are lonely. God, for those who are, are dealing with internal conflict and emotions. God, those people that are at the end of themselves. Father, right now we pray that your, your spirit would interject those situations. God, your hope, your joy, your peace. God, that the fruit of your spirit would fill our lives. God, that you would change our perspectives in this situation right now. God, in every car, in every home right now, that your presence would fill those places, Jesus. That you would fill their hearts and their minds, Jesus. God, we pray for those who are believing for salvation for their family members. Come on right now, if you know those people, God, uh, th th those, those friends, those family members, mention their name right now before God. Say, Lord, would you save them? God, would you restore their hearts? God, those that have walked away from you, those who once at one point they knew you, God, I pray that right now that you would restore their perspective. God, that you would open up their hearts again to receive from you. We pray for Luis, grandparents, Juan and Carmen Rivera in Chicago. Both of them are infected with COVID-19. Grandfather is at the hospital, but his grandmother is it's a delicate situation. Jesus, we're praying right now praying right now for restoration. God that, you would, God, that you would stabilize the family. God, right now, all of the emotions, all the fear, God, that you would stabilize the family in Jesus, that you would, God, bring them out of this. We pray for their grandmother, God, that you would restore her, strengthen her body. Pray for healing. We pray for the staff members that are working at, at hospitals right now. We are praying for protection. Jesus, as they are, are in environments where there's disease, there's sickness, God, where there's also pain. Father, we pray that you would give them wisdom. Lord, that in this time, God, that you would give the nurses, those who are believers, the nurses and doctors, opportunity to pray with and to minister to those who are, who are possibly in their last days. Jesus, in this time, we know that you are not, uh, uh, that you're still saving lives. You're still changing lives. We believe that. We pray for the same thing for Emily Houston, grandmother recovering from COVID-19, grandfather is in the hospital after having heart surgery. God, there's so many people who are in pain. And Lord, we're praying again right now that you would make a way where there's no way. God, for those who, they, maybe they even have family members who are in nursing homes, God, that they can't go in and see them right now, that you would sustain them through this time. Lord, that for all of us, we would keep our eyes set on what really matters. We thank you, Jesus, that even right now, we may not see it, we may not fully understand it, but God, our faith is confident in you. We trust you, we believe in you. We thank you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on again, I wanna encourage you, wherever you're at, maybe you're still struggling right now and you're like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it right now. I wanna encourage you to begin to pray to begin to read your word, to begin to, to maybe get in some different conversations with people who can encourage you. A lot of you, you're not in small groups right now. You're isolated. It's just you, maybe you and your family, a couple of people, and you're isolated. I wanna encourage you this week to get in your small group or get in a small group. If you're not in a small group right now, I want you to comment in those sections and say, hey, look, I wanna, I wanna find out what it means to be a part of a small group. We're gonna find out, we're gonna, we're gonna see you there. We're gonna get you plugged in. Uh, we've got some groups. We're doing Zoom groups, Zoom online groups, and so you can jump into one of those this week. They've been incredible. Also, if you're watching right now and you made a decision to follow Jesus, you said, man, man, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to him. This is what I want you to do right now. I want you to comment right there in the, in the comment box.
box and say, hey, look, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. Same thing, we wanna reach out to you, give you some next steps that you can take. Maybe you don't want everybody to know, man, I want you to, I wanna encourage you to get in touch with us. You can, you can uh, DM us on Instagram, you can you know, uh, message us on Facebook, you can email us, info at northwood.tv. There's a lot of different ways. You can also go to northwood.church slash what's next. We've got some information there. We just wanna connect you. We believe this, that when somebody makes a decision to follow Jesus, that's the first step. But you need support, you need people around you, and we've got some incredible people that would love to do that. But we wanna reach out to you personally this week and have a conversation with you if you made a decision to follow Jesus. Also, if you're just looking for, hey man, what does it look like to be a member here at Northwood Church? Or, or you know, how can I be involved in this season? Again, you can go to northwood.church slash what's next, or same thing, comment right there on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Again, thank you guys for watching today. Hope that you're encouraged. Uh, man, I would say y'all could stay and hang out, but it's kind of hard to do that right now, right? So, so, so hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you later on. Bye-bye.